And we're recording Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode 79. That's the seven with a nine. This is Adam Piggott coming to you from sunny Holland. Hoo-hoo, spring has arrived. Hoo-hoo, hee-hee, ha-ha, hoo-hoo. Uh, happy days. Um, week's going fine, uh, except that I'm having an alcohol-free week. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Oh, God. Adam's an alcoholic? No. 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 I've never had a problem with alcohol. I've never had a problem with anything. Uh, Chicks. I had a problem with chicks. Yeah, I had problems with chicks. I had big problems with chicks. I was bad with chicks for many, many, many years. Oh, that's the only problem I've really had. Yeah. Yeah. I was never a lefty. Never a lefty from an early age, early teens, I was always against the system. You all want to do this? You all want to wear that? I'm not wearing that. You all want to, you all want to look, you want to do the same? You all want to do that? I'm not going to do that. Never conformed. Still managed to be, I'm drinking water there, by the way, just so you know. Uh, still managed to be popular, though, which is weird. Um, and so I was bad, bad with chicks, bad with chicks, bad with chicks for so long. Oh, God, some of the stories I could tell you about how bad I was. And truly, mind-numbingly, excruciatingly, painfully, embarrassingly horrible moments in my life with girls. Oh, God, God. Boys, boys, if you listen to this, don't marry the first chick who blows you. That's a really bad idea. That's That's up there with invading Russia. Or starting a land war in Southeast Asia. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. You know how there's that, there was that CEO, I think it was Cheryl, some, something Sandberg, I don't know what company she was the CEO of. It obviously went bankrupt after they made a woman a CEO. Because that's, that's what generally happens. But she wrote something, some screed that published in some on Huffington Post or some shit like that. Oh, I don't. But it was like, date them all, women, date them all, date the bad boys, the biker boys, the sporty boys, date them all, date them all, have lots of cock and then settle for the for your beta male sort of thing. Rah, 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 rah. That's good advice to blokes. Date them all. Date the crazy chicks, date the Spanish chicks. Date the crazy Spanish chicks. Uh, d- don't, don't date, don't date, don't date the girls with blue hair. Don't date the girls with blue hair. Um, don't date the American chicks. I had an American girl today. Uh, I was doing a breathing apparatus course. Self-contained breathing apparatus, how to wear it safely without killing yourself and everyone around you. And I had an American girl on the course. Uh... It was it was their third day or something I don't know but it was the first day I had I said to everyone oh just introduce yourselves to me tell me who you are and why you're on this course what you're doing blah 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 what's your job Hi my name is Shana I don't it wasn't Shana and then she apologised to me for being American straight away I'm sorry I'm American. I was just looked at her and I went, what? where did that come from? And the rest of the class is laughing. I'm like, what? She was this little girl. Woman, woman. Must have been in her mid-twenties. I don't know. I, can never t- I can't tell how old chicks are anymore. I'll think, I'll, I'll say they're 25 or they're 35. And I, and I was thinking they were older, but I just wasn't sure. Then I'll say they're 35. Turns out they're 25. I just... I don't know. It was weird though today. Everyone started introducing themselves. A whole bunch of the people in the class, and they would say, "Hi, my name's Bob. I'm 24." And it was like they all started telling me their age, and I was just like, "Why are you all telling me how old you are? Not really interested." Um, and all the girls were doing it. I got around all these older guys in the class. are like, "Yeah, I'm Mike, and I do this offshore." And yeah, yeah, you're not telling me how old you are because that'd be weird. Um, don't date, oh, the American girls. I dated an American girl once. I did. I did. I did. Crazy as a cut snake, I tell you. 
crazy as a cut snake. Fuck. God, she was crazy. Um, date them all, boys. Date them all. Except for the blue-haired ones, obviously. The SJWs. Blame them all. And then settle down with a nice woman. A nice woman who'll make you a, a good cup of tea at the end of the day. You put your feet up and she'll put the, the banana pie down. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, um, I've never, apart from chicks, I've never had a problem with anything. I've never had a problem with alcohol. I'm a, I'm a big fan of alcohol. I'm an alcohol connoisseur. Alcohol connoisseur. I like most types of alcohol. Uh, and look, this is my normal alcohol regime. So I get home from work. I get a, I just got to throw, a, I've just got to throw a pillow at the cat who's being an idiot. Get out now. Alright, that's how you deal with them. Bang! Um, I get home from work and I only have a beer. I like a beer after work. This one, that's all I have. Beer, something nice. And then uh, I'll probably have a glass of wine, red wine with dinner. Um, uh, that's normally about it. Um, be quiet, you stupid animal. Um, sometimes I'll have a... Uh, a scotch whiskey after dinner or maybe something else just a little nip of something but that's that's normally it for me to have like four or five drinks in a day it'd have to be a weekend and it have to be really unusual i just don't do it that often because it just doesn't sit well with me anymore at all uh, i've never been i've never been a big drinker i can't remember the last time i was drunk i seriously can't remember And that's just because I've never, I've never liked hangovers. I've never liked. Uh, I've had a few horror hangovers in my day. Uh, people got all sorts of hangover cures. All sorts of hangover cures. I've heard people have. Of course, the, the 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 most popular one, of course, is not the cure but the prevention. That you're supposed to drink uh, lots of water and maybe take an aspirin before you go to bed. As far as I'm concerned, if you could remember to do that then you didn't need it in the first place. That, that's why it's, it's great advice because it's correct, but the application is incorrect. For you to remember to do that, then you're not drunk enough to need it. Know what I mean? Um, so um, I'm, not a, I'm not a hangover fan. I'm not a hangover fan. The worst hangover I ever had. Oh! get comfortable here i need a comfier chair than this to do podcasts on i tell you when we move into the new house which is in a gonna be a couple of months i'm, I'm gonna get myself i think i'm gonna get myself one of those eames eames lounge chairs you know the ones with the the really nice black and it's got the wood around it and you've got a little footstool and i'm gonna get the real one. i'm not gonna get some horrible bloody replica shit i've always liked them kind of like a baseball glove for a seat to envelop you and i'll do the podcast sitting back in those and i'll be able to smoke a cigar because it'll be my house so i can smoke inside and uh i'll probably have a whiskey or something like that too i don't know i'll do the this this chair's not very comfortable um yes i definitely i definitely like to have an eames lounge chair you should look up eames lounge chairs i'm sure i'm sure you'd like those that very much very 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 much what was i talking about rabbiting on about eames lounge chairs uh, I was talking about alcohol, wasn't it? Hangovers. My worst ever hangover. Oh, I was in, it's in Italy. It was in my first season up in the Alps. And this was quite a funny one. It was towards the end of the season. And we decided to go from the little mountain village we had down to Trento by catching the little train. Um, little, little, you know, cattle stock train. It took about an hour and a half to trundle its way down there. And it was only, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. An hour and a half away, but it stopped at every stop. You know, you'd be stopping every every couple of kilometres. You'd be stopping. And uh, we got there to Trento, and it was uh, it was a sunny day in late August, and the girls were out and parading around, and we we settled ourselves next to the Duomo, which is the cathedral in Trento. And there's a line. There's a, there's the road that leads up directly to the door of the cathedral, and alongside that 
it's lined with bars. It's, it's kind of fitting, isn't it? That you know, on the way to go and worship, you got about 10 bars to choose from. And they've all got these outside seating areas. And we had our favourite one because the universities, you, you walk past these towards the cathedral up this road, direct line to the front door of the cathedral. And then if you chuck a right and walk around the side of the cathedral, you're on the way to one of the, mo- the main university campuses in Trento. So basically all the girls coming out of the university and going to where their cars were parked or they were getting a bus or something like that it would, would walk past and on right on that corner there right next to the duomo there was one of these bars with an outdoor seating area so that was and it always also got the sun the sun was in a direct angle through from the other side of the cathedral um there's a big fountain there and that's where we drank and uh, the the waiters there knew us all the rafting guides would go down to there. That was our spot. That was our spot to drink. It was the best girl watching spot. And they brought out big beers, big, big, big steins of beer, and they'd, they'd give us nibblies because they knew that we were going to spend an awful lot of money on beer. That they were going to, we were going to go through at least a keg. So we went down and we started in the in around uh, early afternoon, just after lunchtime. We probably got something to put in our stomach, and we drank and we drank and we drank. Um, and we ended up being there until they closed. And there was a point down there where we had a choice. We had a choice because we knew the last train home back up the valley was leaving at around 7.38. Like, they stopped really early. It was weird how early they stopped. I think they've extended the time since then. But back then, the last train, I think, was 8.30. I think that was the absolute last. And you'd be getting, you'd be looking at your watch and like, boys... You know, we have to make a decision. And before this night, every time, every time we um, we made a decision to go back. Because otherwise, where are you sleeping? How are you getting back up to the valley? Which is, uh, by car, it was probably 45 minutes away from Trento. 50 minutes on a good run. You're not going to hitchhike up there. It's not going to happen. But this particular, we were having a blast and it was the end of the season and we were roaring, roaring. And we decided to keep going. Yeah. It was a Friday, I remember. And uh, had trips the next day. We didn't care. We were living in the moment. And you know what? That's the right thing to do because otherwise I wouldn't remember this right now. I wouldn't be telling you this story. It would have been just another Friday, a few drinks and go back. I had to work the next day. I've got to be sensible. When you're in your 20s, it's not the time to be sensible. It's not the time to be sensible. The time to be sensible is right now with me. That's the time to be sensible. So we stayed on and we, we met all these girls and all, and we went out with the waiters to a, like a waiter party and all these girls there, I think. And then we, were, we, we got a lift up to a different valley and we went to a party there and we tried to start a fight and the Italians didn't want to fight us. They just wanted to be lovers and then we didn't fight anyone. We just loved everyone. And then we got back to Trento because it was a different valley in the opposite direction. And it was probably about two o'clock in the morning. And at this point, we'd run out of places. We'd run out of things to do. There was no way we were getting back. <laughs> there were no backpackers or anything like that. So we went to the station. We've been drinking the whole time. We've been drinking a solid 12 hours straight with no, with no uh, relief, like just the whole way through. And people say, don't mix your drinks. You can mix your drinks. Mixing drinks isn't wrong. There's nothing wrong with mixing drinks, uh, per se. It's not going to make you more sick or more hungover or more drunk. The problem with mixing drinks is, if you're at the stage where you're mixing drinks, it means you're drinking in such quantities that you're going you're gonna to be fucked anyway. I don't even know if I mix, mix drinks that's not. I don't even know. But we went to the station and we laid down and we slept on the cold concrete floor outside. And this is like up in the mount. Come on, we're getting it, I don't know, what trend are about 400, 500 metres above sea level. Late August. It was probably a pretty chilly night. Uh, We only slept, I think the first train was at 5 a.m. and the conductor woke us up. He knew. (laughs) And we got on that train and we went up and I think we got home at about 6 a.m. and went to an apartment, crawled into my bed, and I managed to set my alarm because the next day I was doing a rafting. I was doing. I was working some trips. I was working some trips for the company that I was 
because I was I was working for the one company. It was my first season there, but they'd really pissed me off. And this other company up the valley run by the two crazy Argentinians who I who I talk about in my second book, Run Guts Full Cones. They were pretty keen for me to help them out that weekend, and I'd said yes. Uh, I told my employer I wasn't available on that Saturday, and then I was going to go up and work for the enemy. You know, this is totally not the thing to do, but I, at this point of the season, I just didn't give a crap anymore. And I think I had my first trip at 11, and I woke up around 9. I got woken up by the other guys with... It's seriously the worst hangover of my life, and I, I, I made the mistake of sitting up in bed, and it was like there was a ball-bearing hammer being smashed repeatedly behind one eye. Just one eye, not both, just one. And I was physically ill. Not vomiting, just just completely unable to function. And the very thought of having to get up and take people rafting down the river was was just was just so beyond the realms of the anything that was possible. There was no way, there was no way in a million years that this was going to happen. Absolutely no way. Somehow I staggered out of bed, got some clothes on. Seriously, seriously ill. Seriously not well. Horrible, horrible situation to be in. No one had a, we didn't have mobile phones. This is the year 2000. No one had a mobile phone in Italy then. We were just, why would we have a mobile we were phone? We were blowing in for five months. There was a phone box down the road. I crawled down to the phone box. I rang the, and I should have just said, I should have just said, I'm sick. Because you know what? That was the truth. Guys, if you're ever in this situation where you need to make this call and it's not going to be a good call, because you can't go, just tell them the reason that you can't go. The real reason, because that holds together. That holds up. When they start saying, why, blah, 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 but what about this? The real reason you can't go is the real reason you can't go. For some reason, I just didn't say I was sick. I said that I'd been out. I told a half-truth. I said that we'd been out all night in Trento, as if this was going to be better. We'd been out all night in Trento, and I still wasn't home, and I had no way to get back, and no money, and there was a real problem, blah, blah, blah. So what does the guy do? He offers to come down to Trento to get me. He needed me that bad. So I'm, I'm straight away, straight away I'm in the shit. Straight away I'm in the shit. Somehow, I talked my way out that that just wasn't a possibility. I wasn't going to come and work for him that day. And literally, when I put down the phone back on the, 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 the back of the receiver, there, my hand was shaking, and not from not from stress, just just from from the hangover. And as I fell out of the phone box, who should drive? And I'm in a tiny little Italian mountain village, so it's not like there's crowds of people in the street. I fell out of that phone box at the exact moment that the guy who I was speaking with drove past at his company. They had the old Volkswagen V-Dub vans, you know, the ones, the combi vans. To this day, I don't know if he saw me. I think, ah, I just don't know. I don't think he did. But I tell you, it it was milliseconds. If I'd fallen out of the phone box... A millisecond earlier, he would have had to stop not to run over me. And he just... And how's that? You just had a phone conversation with someone saying you couldn't come to work because you're in Trento. <laughs> and then you fall out of the thing. Oh, it was a, it was a magic phone box. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Just stick to the truth. I'm sick as a dog. I'm sick as a dog. And then he would have taken one look at me and gone, yes, yes. You're right. You are sick as a dog. Look at you. Look at you. I staggered back to bed, fell into my bed. I think I woke up mid-afternoon. Oh, destroyed. Oh, God, destroyed. Jesus. Horrible, horrible. I still remember that. That's one of those moments where, you know, drinking some water and taking an aspirin would, would have been a really good idea, but... When you're in the state, like I said, when you're in the state when you need that stuff, it, you're too far gone to even, even that, that, that's not, the thought's not in your mind. No thoughts are in your mind. 
Your mind, all your mind is concerned about is putting one foot in front of the other. How do you do that? How do I put, what is, what are these things called feet? I don't know. Which one? I don't know. You want me to remember to drink water and take an aspirin? God. My God. Completely out of the realms of possibility. As for other hangover cures, other hangover cures. I mean, what do we got? We got, you're supposed to start drinking again. Um, look, that's that's fine if you never then stop drinking again. <laughs> this is how people become drunks. They don't want to sober up because they know what's waiting for them. A 15-year hangover. Can you imagine what that's like? That's why people, that's why people become drunks. So you're supposed to drink like a Bloody Mary or you're supposed to have some sort of horrible concoction with a raw egg. A raw egg. Or you're supposed to eat greasy food, horrible greasy food. Oh, your stomach can't handle that. Your digestion can't. It's supposed, it's supposed to, it's what they say, oh, you, it'll take your digestion's mind off, off, you know, the shit that it's already in. How does, how is that supposed to work? How is that supposed to work? Look, there is no hangover cure. There is no hangover cure until, I don't care what you say, I don't care what you tell me. You've just got to get through the pain as well as you can. So I'm, I've had I've had I've had a few such horrible hangovers from the rafting days where you just and the best the best the best days the best drinking days are the ones that just evolve. Like if you say, "All right, boys, let's all go out. We're going to start drinking. We have a big drinking day." That'll suck. That will suck. You know. But it's the magical. It's the magical days. The magical days, boys. The magical days where someone goes, "Oh." You know, one thing, you don't even plan on it. You don't even plan on it. You don't even plan. You can't plan a magic day. A magic day is magic. A magic day just happens. You get a few people and maybe then you bump into someone else. That what, what, what made this day so good? There was about six or seven of us. We're all Australians and, and New Zealanders, Australians and Kiwis. We've all done a hard season together. Most of us had only met at that season We'd bonded, we'd worked together on the river, and it was our let off steam moment. And we went down, and what started just as an, an average, an average little session, other elements got added to it, and there was the whole background thing, and it just grew and grew and grew, and it became it became more than the sum of its parts, and it became a magic day. Other magic days I've had in the past, we go down, you'd go down, you're going down the street, oh, it was a time, a time, and then you see someone and they say, Oh, I'm just gonna take my I've just bought a new 50-foot yacht, boat thing, stink boat. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to Do you want to come out? Oh, okay, we'll come out. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Do you have any alcohol in this boat? No, we don't have any alcohol. Well, there's a there's a pub over there. Well, can we? It's got a jetty. Can we pull the, the boat up to the pub and fill a boat full of beer? Yes, we can. Go into the pub. Oh, can we have five cartons of piss? There we go. Some nice girls sitting at the bar. Well, that's a lot of beer that you're buying. Yes, because we've got this brand new boat and we're going out the boat. Would you like to join us? Yes, we would. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. Magic day. Magic day. You've all had them. And the thing that makes magic day so wonderful is that they're so rare. And you know it. You know it when you're in a magic day. There's that moment when you all look at each other and go, oh, this is going off. And you haven't peaked yet. That's the best part because you look at each other and you're like, wow, this is going really well. This is a roller coaster and we're still going up. And that's, that's the best moment when you, when you identify that it's a magic day. You're on a magic day. You're in the moment on a magic day. It's just all come together. It was never planned. And you still have a whole bunch of it in front of you. That, that, that is is just a brilliant moment. I've had, I've had better. This is why I love, I love lunches so much, and it's why I'm so upset that the Dutch are no good at lunch. There are two drawbacks to living in Holland. One is the weather, and I can't blame the Dutch for that. And the other is their lunches, but I can blame the Dutch for that. Thing about great lunches, having a great lunch is, I've had. I've had a number of magic days come out of lunches. I have. Normally, you bump into someone, you're just out with a couple of people, the three becomes a four, becomes a five, someone calls up, and suddenly 
Suddenly, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, and you've just thrown up in a dump truck, and it's time for another beer. That's a magic day, boys! That's a magic day. I love magic days. Uh, I had a magic day back in January. I met up with an old friend when I was in Italy. Went down to see him in Verona. Um... And we went out and had a pizza and <laughs> bumped into someone else, bumped into someone else, bumped into some more people. Magic day. That was a magic night. It was a good one. Although, of course, I had to finish off that night by having to, uh, sleeping on his couch while at the under, under, other under end of the very large apartment, I had to listen to him have sex uh, with his latest girlfriend. Um, it just went on and on and on. And I just, I just, it was like, it just never stopped. And I seriously was like, yep, he's finished. He's finished. Good. It's over. And then I'd start to go back and they're off again. It's just like, and he hadn't finished. I was like, oh my God. Oh, this is like, I think that must've been the longest blowjob in the history of the human race. And and that was the really fucked thing about it. That was the really fucked thing about it because, um, uh, no, no, that wasn't it. Because yeah, that that all right, I'm, I'm getting it right in my head. First they had sex and that went on forever, and she just didn't stop. I mean, it was just like, it was just like she just she just didn't stop screaming the whole time, and it went on for hours, hours, and then finally it finished. But I. Uh, lo and behold, I didn't know he hadn't finished, and now it was his turn, and it was the five-hour blowjob, I tell you. Well, it wasn't five hours, but it sure felt like it. Oh, is there anything worse than listening to your mates have sex? Is there anything worse than that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> really, it's when you're trying to sleep, and you just had a magic day. Yeah, I got up the next morning, I kind of looked at him, and he was looking at me kind of sheepish, and I just, I didn't even say it, I didn't, I'm not bringing it up, I'm never, but oh, I'm just, no, I'm never sleeping on your couch again, mate, never! So I'm having a, an a alcohol-free week, that's what I was talking about before, and the reason is, I've been, since I started this job, and it's been a month now, because I started on the 1st of March, um, in the evenings I've been really tired. Now, I mean like, in bed at the latest, nine o'clock. Now I am getting up at five, so that's understandable. And I am working hard, so that's understandable. And it's been a while since I've done a routine like this, so that's understandable. And I probably needed a good month or so to adjust, so that's understandable. But what's not understandable is I'm just as tired on the weekend, if not more. So we just had a long weekend because it was the Easter weekend. So I had Monday off. Friday night, I was in bed early. Saturday night, I was destroyed. We didn't do anything particularly special. Yeah. I think I went to bed on Saturday night at 8.30. 8.30. I can't believe I'm telling you this. Sunday night, same. And so I, I, I just thought, all right, what's... What's going on here? Um, so I just try to work out why I'm tired. So, why I'm so tired? And it's not like I'm I'm like a zombie. I'll be blah 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 blah. Like I'm blah 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 now. It's seven o'clock here in the evening right now. I'll be blah 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 blah. In about an hour and a half, I'm just going to hit a wall. And that's okay during the week, but it's not okay on the weekend. I just can't work it out. So I'm just I'm wondering if it's the alcohol. Even though I don't drink much, like I said at the start of this rant, uh, even though I don't drink very much at all, considering, I'm wondering if I've got to the age now where I just can't process it as often as I've as I've done for my entire adult life. Because um, don't forget, I spent 10 years in Italy and drinking, especially drinking red wine uh, with a meal or Prosecco in the afternoon or even Prosecco at 9 o'clock in the morning. This is this is this is like standard operating procedure over there. Absolutely standard operating procedure. Uh, there there are there are, there are no teetotalers in in, in in Italy. They just don't exist. Uh, same thing with animal rights activists. 
Um, oh, there are, but you know, they're shunned. They're shunned. They're the lowest of the low. Uh, and my, I'm, I'm very similar physically to my father in a lot of ways. In other ways, I'm not, but in a lot of ways, I'm not. And I know that when he got into his late 40s, he started having problems processing the booze. I do know that. Um, and I always looked at this in faint horror, but he went bald really early. Like he was, he was bald in his mid twenties, and I've I've got a full head of hair in my in my mid forties. So does my brother. So apparently the baldness gene, it's your it's your mother's father. If your mother's father was bald, you're fucked. If your mother's father had a full head of hair, you're fine. And my mother's father had a full head of hair, so um, he was bald really early. So I didn't take after after him in that, but. I'm wondering if I'm taking after him in the booze. So I'm taking a week off the alcohol. I haven't had a drink since, well, since Monday. And today's Wednesday. Um, and that's not a problem. So I've been having to drink water, uh, which is which is horrible because, I, you know, you're washing that stuff. Uh, you can even drown in the stuff, for God's sake. I suppose you could drown in beer, but what a way to go. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing a bit of a test this week to see whether or not, and I'm going to just check, you know, what time I'm getting tired, what time I'm going to bed, blah, 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 blah. Um, last night, I went to bed at about 9.15, something like that. I think I turned the light out at 9.30. I read for a while. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. We'll see if the alcohol... Uh, is having an effect on me, and then I'm going to need to work out exactly how because I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop drinking. I mean, I I love wine. I love spirits. I love beer. I love the whole lot. There's not much alcohol that I don't like. Um, I don't like. I don't like a lot of. Li- There's not many liqueurs that I like. Things like green chartreuse and crap like that, or Tia Maria, or horrible sickly sweet things like Southern Comfort or coconut monstrosities like Malibu. <laughs> Just can't handle. It. I think I think the most disgusting concoction, alcoholic-wise, is that green Japanese green stuff called Midori. I mean, just just completely revolting, absolutely revolting. I think back in the eighties, the drink was Midori and lemonade. Horrible, horrible shit. It's like some sort of melon drink. Oh god, revolting. Um, but um, good beer, good wine, good champagne. Well, champagne, all champagne's good. Um, and of course, whiskies. Uh, I'm a Armagnacs, cognacs, that sort of thing. I'm a big, I'm a big, big fan. Good rums, light rums. I used to be a gin, of course. I used to be a vodka fan. I'm not a vodka fan anymore. Vodka, actually, back in the my day when I owned my discotheque, used to be my drink. So, uh, Grey Goose uh, vodka in the in the in the fridge there, and that if we needed shots during the night at the bar staff, because when I ran when I ran the bar. Bar staff. I, I kept my staff. I, I owned that bar for four years. I kept the same staff for the whole four years. No one quit on me. I never had to go looking for anyone else. Uh, my partner and I, we had we had four girls who worked for us. Only hired girls behind the bar. And uh, we paid them well. And they worked hard because it was a fast bar. But we'd, we'd just be a big night, be a big Saturday night. The, the bar is absolutely screaming. It's packed. We're knee deep. They're five deep in the bar, holding their money up, trying to get served. We've been flat out for hours, and we just stop. It's Grey Goose time. We'd line them up, and we'd make a show of it. We'd make a show of it. Me and my partner, all the girls behind the bar, one, two, three, back, slam it back. The whole bar would cheer. Bang. Because it was like, it's a party. We're partying with you. Bang, bang, bang. So Stolly, not Stolly, Grey Goose used to be the drink. But uh, since the bar, I, don't know, I think I think I had a bottle of Grey Goose vodka in my freezer for in Australia for six years, and I, and I didn't I didn't touch it. Just didn't, yeah, not think it's to do anymore. Um, there's that article I want to speak about at the other McCain. This is the <laughs> well, I shouldn't be laughing. It's a tragedy mystery. After lesbian couple's apparent suicidal plunge off California cliff. 
Uh, there's a photo of a, a lesbian couple, Jennifer and Sarah Hart. So obviously they're a married couple. Uh, they look like Californians. You know they're doing that when they're smiling, when Californian girls smile on the camera, and they've got all the trees showing like this, and it's like they're, even though the, the photo's taken indoors, it's like they're looking directly into the sun. Yeah. Uh, and they've got the photo here at the other McCain. You can, I'll link this in the, the show notes on the, um, on the website there, but uh, uh, you can see the photo. The, they adopted six black children. Um, and they used them at, looks like just with a brief, so they've, they've killed the lot, like the six kids were in the car. So these, these chicks have done a Thelma and Louise, literally done a Thelma and Louise. That movie is responsible for so many deaths. They did a Thelma and Louise with the six adopted black kids in the car over the cliff and apparently the car stopped on a side stop on the coastal cliff road on the side of the road and then from that point they accelerated well one of them accelerated and straight over the cliff they went bang three of the three at this at the time of recording this podcast they still haven't recovered three of the black children's bodies obviously they'll be uh you got the spring spring uh, storms going in there and obviously they've been they've been washed away um one of those children that they adopted Devonte hart became briefly famous in 2014 after a photo of him tearfully hugging a white policeman at a black lives matter protest rally in portland oregon went viral uh, went back a bit these there's photos of these of these people these two women, these two lesbians, these two lesbians have got married and then adopted six black kids, three boys and three girls. Um, you're not going to hear a peep out of the mainstream media on this one. You're not going to hear a peep. If it was a straight-laced white couple, as in a man and a woman who'd done this, who were Trump voters, uh, we wouldn't, we'd be knee-deep in it across all media across the world about how all evil uh, white men are and white people in general. But the, lesbians get a free pass. Women get a free pass. Lesbians are women, apparently. Adopting six black kids gets you a free pass until you drive them off a cliff. These are your classic virtue signalers. If you want to adopt six black children, who am I to stop you? Uh, if you're not black yourself, I, I consider this to be somewhat dubious at best. Um, but if you do this and you live in a small community, you make no big deal out of it. You just... You adopt them because that's what you do because you want to give them a better life and a better start in life. You don't drag them along to political rallies. You don't get photos taken of you with them at any moment you can because the amount of photos that are popping up of these two women um, posing with these kids, these these, these, and, they were, and these two, these two women were total liberals, yeah. And they were apparently they were idealised by local li liberals. Um, uh, Jen and Sarah were the kinds. Let's this is thing from 2013, Oregon Live, Pacific Northwest News. Jen and Sarah were the kinds of parents this world desperately needs, said Portland photographer Zippy Lomax. Always trust someone called Zippy. Said Portland photographer Zippy Lomax, who had known the family since 2012, so he's known them for a year. They loved their kids more than anything else. Uh-huh. The Hart family was a regular at Oregon festivals and shows, Lomax said, including the beloved festival in Tidewater. What's a beloved festival? Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Let's check this out. 
Beloved Festival in Tidewater, Oregon. Um, oh my God. Connection, healing, and integration. <laughs> no wonder they were. Well, no wonder integration. No wonder they were uh, uh, a regular uh, at such festivals. After beloved sacred art, music, and movement, connection, healing, integration. After completing our first ten-year cycle of leading edge healing events. We honour this upcoming 11th year, beloved, by opening to change and imagining what new stories will emerge. Uh, uh, you can be a visual art installation, yoga, volunteer. It doesn't tell you what it's about. Uh, check out last year's site. Uh, let's, uh, let's check out last year's site. Oh, my God. They've got a monkey. It's... Jeez, I'm getting a lot of pop-ups on this. They've got a monkey wearing a crown of flowers holding some sort of wand with a bee. And then there's an... Oh, that's above an owl and a fox. What is beloved? Uh, Through the ages we have called upon the one... For whom we yearn in countless ways through myriad names. I'll link this in the show notes. The term the beloved embraces all of these names and forms of the divine affirming their unity. Beloved is a four-day camping art and music festival on the Oregon coast. We intend to present sacred music to help eradicate the illusion of separation from each other from the earth and from the beloved. Beloved is always in capital B. We wish to treat the main stage as a mandala. I get the feeling that's an Indian word. Concentrating and holding the energy of the festival throughout its duration rather than dispersing the attention in too many directions. This allows for the carefully chosen sequence of artists to tell a continuous story of the inner journey, capital letters, to perform an alchemy of the heart, capital letters. No, I do not know what any of this means. But I do know that there's a sucker born every second in the New Age world. What the musicians share on stage inspires us to deeper engagement with the spiritual practices that we bring with us, our obligation to each other and to the planet that we discover in the many workshop offerings. These practices then allow us to soar higher into the bliss and meaning of what is shared on stage. Oh, God. God, and there's a there's a poem. In truth, everything and everyone is a shadow of the beloved, and our seeking is his seeking. Now, his with a capital H. So there's some sort of deity involved here. And our words are his words. We search for him here and there. This is deep shit, man. While looking right at him, sitting by his side, we ask, "Oh, beloved, where is the beloved?" Jesus, mother and God. I know there's a photo here and so much whiteness, it blinds the eyes. Look, I'll say one thing about your, your, your non-whites, your blacks and your Asians and all that. They don't fall for this shit. And you know why? Because they've got their religion. They've got their religion. Us whiteys, we lost our religion 40 years ago and this is the result. Look at this photo. Look at these people. But they're just deranged, deranged. So many badly designed floral print shirts, it boggles the mind. How is bass music sacred music? There's a lion, of course there is. Uh, FAQ, these are always good. Let's click on the camping questions, venue, where does it take place? Will we have to schlep our gear far to our campsites? When did to schlep become a verb? Why can't, will we have to carry our gear? Well, what is schlep? When can we arrive? When do we have to leave? <laughs> when do we have to leave? Only hippies laughs that. Because if you invite a hippie anywhere, that's permanent. That's permanent for hippies. <laughs> 
What is your re-entry policy? Oh, God. Uh, uh, do you offer work, trade, or scholarships? Yes! Exclamation mark. We love our volunteer family. Volunteer. See what they did there? Close to 200 work trade positions are available. That means you work. <laughs> That's what the trade is. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, let's see what food, what vendors they've got. They've got food, healthy whole food. All food vendors will strive to use organic ingredients and reusable serving materials. Sure, they will. We'll also be curating a craft vending village. All right, I don't even have to read further. I'm just going to guess. I'm not looking... I swear I'm not insect. Incense, crystals has got to be. They've got to be there. Tarot cards. They've got to have tarot cards. I tell you, they've got to have tarot cards. Um, uh, uh, some woodworker, and all he'll make are cutting boards, because <laughs> that's all he can do. Can't nail anything together. What did I say? Crystals. Ah, uh, oh, there'll be horrible clothing. That's a normal thing. Let's have a look. Uh, also, a curated craft vending village that offers devotional slash ceremonial goods, including but not limited to nourishing food. Jun. What's Jun? J U N. What the hell? They're using words I've never heard of. They're using words I've never heard of. Jun is a drink. Jun or Zun is an effervescent fermented health tonic, roughly similar, roughly similar to kombucha. Thanks for that. Now it's all clear. But feeding on green tea and raw honey, uh, rather than black tea and concentrated syrup. So little credible information exists about Jun that even its most basic characteristics are in dispute. <laughs> You just can't make this shit up. Some claim its true definition to be an exclusively anaerobic lactobacillus ferment, and others that is similar to kombucha in including yeasts. Well, thanks for making that clear. So you can get Jun. Uh, I'll just close that. Uh, chocolate, crystals, told you. Jewelry, statuary. Statuary. Is that like a declaration? Artwork, incense, and clothing. No tarot cards. Oh, I know woodwork. Uh, oh. Please visit our vending application page if you wish to vend or for more details. Will there be loud music late at night? Yes, you old hippies. What items are forbidden? Here we go. Conservatives. <laughs> Marga hats. <laughs> Deodorant. <laughs> ah, ah. Alright, what items are forbidden? Firearms, explosives or fireworks. See, I told you no conservatives. Pets. Resistance to change. <laughs> but these people, the ironic thing. These people never change. They never change. Look. Look, look, going all hippy-dippy, dropping out, and going to festivals called Beloved is not change, okay? I don't care if you were an investment banker before and, you, and you're doing this. You're not changing. You've gone from one lie to another. Uh, what items are forbidden? Unwillingness to have a sense of humor or to laugh at yourself. And lastly, and this is really confusing for me, hair dryers. Now, I'm serious. These are your five things that are forbidden. Firearms, pets, resistance to change, unwillingness to have a sense of humor to love yourself, and hair dryers. What if I can click on hair dryers? You can't. Why? Why are hair dryers forbidden? Is that because in the morning you've got all these hippie chicks trying to... Where would you even plug it in? This is hilarious. This is hilarious. This is truly... Look, if you ever want to get good, good material to take the piss out of people, just 
Anything new age. Anything. What to expect? Group sex with people who are unattractive, probably. Uh, as one attendee put it, you might think, I must have died or else the new paradigm we've all been talking has finally happened. Thank God for the new t paradigm which you've all been talking. Okay. Expect four days and three nights overflowing with sacred music. Uh, what's sacred music? I'll tell you what sacred music's going to be. People who don't know how to use the bongos properly. That's what sacred music is going to be to them. Art. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Open for interpretation, I'm sure. Oh, it's my wife. Hang on. The wife's calling me. Oh, shit. Right in the middle of a podcast. Hello, my love. Can I call you back? Because I'm right at the end of recording my podcast. And you're, you're live. Bye. I'll call you in 10. Ciao. All right. I hung up immediately. <laughs> Didn't want to have, doesn't want to have anything to do with my podcast. All right. So expect sacred music, art, workshops, councils. What are councils? Councils about what? Councils about what? How to end? How, Council of World Peace? Is that what you're going to do? Clear intentions. Expect three, four days and three nights overflowing with clear intentions. What does this mean? What do you mean? How can you say that you want a four days and three nights overflowing with clear intentions when you have no clear intentions at all on your own website? Why are you banning hair dryers? Dancing prayers, devotion, kids and yoga. So it's all pedophilia as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, thank you. Cat agrees with me too. Yeah. Uh, although the festival activities will mainly be Friday, Saturday and Sunday, expect to be camping in the forest for four days and nights. There will be showers for a small fee and hot water sinks to wash your hands and your body. Hot water sinks to wash your hands and your body. You are going to be surrounded for four days by the most horrible hippie people in, in, in Oregon. As possible, who are going to wash their bodies in sinks, and you're going to have to do the same. This sounds horrible. Bring a tent and sleeping bag, and be prepared to feel comfortable in the outdoors the entire time you're here, whether it's 90 degrees and sunny, or if it's raining cold and muddy. This is hilarious. What we expect of you. Here we go. Personal responsibility. Come prepared to take responsibility for your own experience and for your impact on the land and others present. Leave no trace. Oh, bullshit, leave no trace. We've all seen your marches. We've all seen your marches for whatever. We're just, just, just a, a, a cavalcade of litter. <clears throat> Recycling, composting. All right, I'm getting a feeling the toilets are going to be pretty horrible. Once again, they don't want you to bring dogs and other pets. Uh, bring your own containers for water. Mate, this sounds hideous. Live to your highest standards. Or might are pretty low. <laughs> Please don't take yourself too seriously. But they are. And what? Humility. Five ways to see the beloved in everyone you meet and see at the festival. This means if people are walking around with a naked except for a sock over their cock. Red Hot Chili Peppers style. Then you need to be... <laughs> You need to have humility in that. Oh, I could, I've got to keep going. Uh, learning. What is sacred music? Anything not done by a white person, probably. And yes, they have a photo of an Australian Aboriginal woman there. Uh, learning. Let's have a look. Oh, look at this. Cedric DeCorey. Dia Dover. Song lines in the planetary grid. It's a blonde chick. She's hot too. Let's have a look. Uh, singer, producer, and visionary. She looks about 21. Oh, she's from the Nullarbor Desert in South Australia. My God. Daya was born behind the veil inside her intact water membrane. According to folklore, these people inherit an innate connection between the worlds 
And is this otherworldliness, deep mysticism and memory that exudes from Daya's extraordinary? You've got to check this website out. This is one of the funniest things. I've got to look up this chick. I've got to look up this chick. Look, you just you just can't help but looking up these things on the internet. Well, you find them. Daya Dover. You can look it up now. D-E-Y-A. D-O-V-A. She's got a Wikipedia page. Oh, no, she's not 21. Holy shit. <laughs> I was... Look, the photo was from behind. The photo was from behind. Uh, let's go to images here. Oh, God. Oh, dear. White chick. And she's got the dreadlock braids. This is horrendous. She's got a band. This is horrendous. This is so horrendous. I don't even know. I don't. I, I'm not going to scroll down anywhere anymore because I do not want to risk. I bump into a photo of her uh, without a top on. I just can't handle that. So back to our Thelma and Louise uh, wannabes. Well, not wannabes. Real actual bees. The Hart family was a regular at Oregon festivals and shows, Lomax said, including the beloved festival in Tidewater. They also joined presidential candidate Bernie Sanders on stage during a 2016 rally in Vancouver. Vancouver? That's Canada. Cat, I'm finishing my podcast. You're not getting fed until this happens. What was Bernie Sanders doing during a rally in Vancouver? I'm, what, how does that, how does that, um, anyway, they used to, um, the two lesbians used to, apparently, used to withhold food as a form of punishment to their kids. And their kids used to go around to the neighbours asking food uh, because they've been withheld. Um, virtue signalling, virtue signalling, virtue signalling, virtue signalling. Virtue signalers are evil. It's not that they live for the outside world. A virtue signaler wants the world to think that they are a good person. That's what a virtue signaler wants. Um, if you actually are a good person, then you're quite normally quite content. You don't need to go around getting everyone to recognize that you're a good person because you are a good person so people recognize that you're a good person if you're an evil piece of psychotic shit then what you'll do is you'll have to do something to signal your virtuous and goodness to the world like i don't know adopting six black kids uh and then what you have to do is you have to parade them at all times like going on stage at presidential nomination rallies, um, getting them to cry with police officers at Black Lives Matter rallies, and making you sure that both of you are in every photo at every single opportunity. Um, and of course, obviously the stresses of having six black kids, teenage black kids in their house, wasn't working out for these two uh, virtue signaling uh, carpet munchers. And tragically, uh, for the six kids involved, they've literally done a Thelma and Louise on them. Um, it must have been they've had they've stopped in the car. All eight of them are in the car. So it's one of those vans, probably. And someone said, um, "Where are the white folks at?" And pff, one of them's lost it, and they've gone straight over the edge. It really does say. I'll, I'll, I'll finish on the note, lesbians. Um, this is why this is why a lot of us are against gay marriage. These people, these people. If you're a chicken, you go get married to a chick. If you're a bloke, you go get married to a bloke. You're not uh, you're not emotionally stable. You're not psychologically stable in general. Yeah, trot out trot out your exemptions. Fine. You want to do that behind closed doors, but now you're able to adopt kids, so you're bringing kids into that into that environment. It's always it's always the kids that suffer. It's always the kids that suffer from virtue signaling lesos. Um, 
Shoutouts! Captain Capitalism has had some excellent... Um, you can find him at CaptainCapitalism.com. He sponsors this uh, blog. And he did, he did a wonderful video this week uh, where he dressed up in some sort of Pope outfit um, where he's... He's basically made himself the high priest of Generation X because a millennial applied to join Generation X. So Cappy's got this whole, uh, this whole, this whole ceremony. He's done the big. He's got a big X like a Malcolm X style around his neck. Um, I uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, high priest of Gen X. Um, it's it's definitely so showman showmanship as someone said. Um, Check out Captain Capitalism if you haven't done before. He's got great books, uh, great great website, great podcasts, uh, great video YouTubes there, all based around um, saying the truth uh, with a basis of economy, economics for young people or for everyone really. Um, so check um, so check him out. I really recommend that. Check out uh, if you like this podcast, <clears throat> you can subscribe. Uh, if you like the cat. In the background as well, let me know. Um, you can also subscribe to my blog, and you can buy my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, uh, and Run Guts Pull Cones, and they're all about my rafting adventures around the world and how I became a man. And if you like some of the little anecdotes and stories I'm telling today, then uh, that's the books full of them, full of them. Uh, click back to the website, and you can check out the links uh, that I've got for today's podcast. Um, don't you go changing. And uh, next week, uh, we should have the podcast episode up with myself and a great one, I think. I think we're due. Um, so that'll be episode three of the Greasy Poll. Until then, I'm your host, Adam Piggott. Have a great week. Ciao.